Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blind Lady and the Blind Podcast. Uh, I am Chris. And I am Mike. And we are, as always, coming to you from the, the spacious confines of the beautiful complex in Albany Woods, Marion, Ohio. Studio A, also known as the Spare Bedroom. Forgive me while I take a sip of some lovely apple cider. Um, so, <clears throat> if you would like to get a hold of us, as always, the email is blindpod at gmail.com. Yes, it is. Uh, the Facebook is first name blind leading, last name the blind. Uh, we're also on Instagram at, at blindpod on okay. Instagram. Uh, we will, in the future, uh, very soon, have a, an account on Parlor. As well, I know that a lot of people, as of late, um, <laughs> have decided that they're going to leave uh, regular social media platforms such as Facebook and Instagram uh, due to certain censorship type deals. Yes. Um, so we are going to have a presence on Parlor as well, just so that if people leave, they can still know what we're doing. And if you have any experience with Parlor, like it, don't like it. Please let us know. I made myself a personal account today. Oh, did you? I did. Um, it is a really weird mashup of um, Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit. Not MySpace? It really doesn't remind me of MySpace okay. at all. I was just curious. I, was <laughs> no. just, just I had to think back of way back when I had a MySpace. Um you had a MySpace? No, I never had a MySpace. Oh, okay. I, I did not I didn't ever, know. No. I didn't know if you were in the social media game back in the MySpace days. No, I, I was not. <clears throat> I was not. <clears throat> okay. Uh, oh, that's right. You preferred to hang out around Yahoo. Yeah, that, I was a Yahoo guy. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, before we get into uh, the episode, funny thing that I came across. So, in Alaska, uh, there is a mountain... Uh, some people call it Mount Denali. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was also known as Mount McKinley. Yes, it was. Okay. Um, apparently, there is some great concern for those uh, human citizens who live around the area of this mountain. Um, scientists apparently believe that there is, uh, on average, of 60,000 tons. Metric tons. Metric tons of uh, human waste. Yes. Um, poo, yeah. as it were. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, apparently the concern, because there's a glacier involved in this mountain. Absolutely. And if it starts melting, uh, the scientists are concerned that there's going to be uh, a poo river that will go downhill and to communities that surround the base of this mountain. Wouldn't that just be lovely? <laughs> so they're currently uh, launching an effort to try and figure out how to divert such a uh, thing from happening. Um, because, it, and, and you wonder, you think, well, how in the world is there 60,000 metric tons of human poo up on the mountain? Well, that happens to be one of the most... Uh, traveled mountains in Alaska as far as mountain climbers, expeditions, mm -hmm. uh, tourists, people go up and down that mountain all the time. There's a really pretty sign at the very top of this that says, you have reached the summit of Mount McKinley. Yeah. Um, it is the highest natural point in the United States. 
Is it? Yes, that's what I understand. I, there could be something may have grown in taller the, in the that, North American continent, or in the United States is what I remember. I okay. don't, I don't know if Canada's included, but okay. hey, they can be if they want. You know. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, you can decide whether that was Minnesota or Canadian. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, so pray for the folks in Alaska. Um, they might be fighting the battle of their lives against the Pooh River. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they're all flushed with excitement at the prospect. <laughs> flushed with excitement. Here yes. you go. Here you go again with your, what was it, uh, uh, hosiery jokes last time. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah, hosiery yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I went there. Yeah, yeah never mind. Uh, okay. Uh, anything else you got to say? Uh, no, and I'm, I'm actually pretty good. I think we need to launch into this. One thing we want to do is we're kind of going to wrap up this psychology versus Christianity thing tonight. For sure. Um, so um, we, we've, we've done enough. We could go forever, but I think we've done enough for... Your yeah. attention span and perhaps mine too. <laughs> what are we talking about again? Yeah, exactly. Okay, there we go. Um, it's time for tapioca night. Um, oh boy! <laughs> by the way, the spicy noodles were really good. Good. Uh, Mike made some spicy noodles when I dipped in here real quick and uh, shoved a bowl of it in my face. They were really good. My face is on fire, but they were really good. That's uh, the secret of sambal ulek. Sambal ulek. Yes, it is an Asian chili paste. Okay. Everyone should have it in their refrigerator. It sounds like a fungus, but okay. It tastes good. It tastes it's very tasty. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. Um, I know that we had worked our way through some questions with that article mm-hmm. um, in the last episode. Yes. I kind of want to move on into, because I know that by this point, a lot of people are like, well, what about people who have such bad psychological problems that... Um, they get to where they need constant uh, chemical, so they they have a chemical imbalance in their brain, which causes mm-hmm. their psychological disorder, and so then they need to rebalance out that chemical, so they take some medicine. Yes. Um, so I know that you've been doing a lot of research uh, into medicine used in psychology. I have. Um, and so why don't we go ahead and dive into that. Okay. And then we'll move on a little bit after that. Okay, we can do that. Um, I, I, I want to be really clear, too, um, in, in this. Uh, if Chris and I are speaking with confidence about this topic, it's not because we're saying that you're wrong. Um, it's We want you to understand that there is a better way. Yeah, if, if, you've, if you've found yourself uh, in a position where you've been going to counseling, you've been going to... A psychiatrist or a psychologist and you need that therapy if that's how you are working it out more power to you yeah I'm not I'm not here to convince you to not do it that's not that's not our goal we just want you to be aware um, that God is in control of everything um, and and where are you placing your value are you placing your value on your psychologist and your trust and your trust yeah uh, is it in them or is it in God yeah um, here's what I want to start with I have a friend who is being diagnosed with Asperger's, Asperger's syndrome. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's on the autism spectrum. Some people are more functional, some are not. For someone with, with that kind of, and, and I use the term diagnosis really loosely because he's just, he's a cool dude. He's just kind of different. Is life more difficult for him? Before or after the diagnosis? Is that exactly. what you're... Well, partly before or after the diagnosis, but in general. Now they're putting a name on it so that he can... So there's some sort of treatment for him or some sort of assistance that's available. Access to certain things? Yes. I got you. 
I don't think life is any more difficult for that for this guy. I think it's just it's just different. Same thing can be said for people who are ADHD. Yep. People who are bipolar. Yep. People who are depressive. Mm-hmm. God has made you with certain characteristics. Now we can certainly become so entranced with our own emotions and thoughts mm-hmm. that we forget that God is involved in this. Um, so when we talk about prescriptions here, and when I talk for a minute about medicines, I'm really talking about the psychotropic drugs, um, antidepressants, anything that alters your mood or your thoughts or your energy, and particularly those that are prescribed for a long term gotcha. thought control. So, so th- would you put um, things like... Uh... Ritalin and Adderall into that category? I would. I absolutely would. Okay, I would too. And here's why. Because, so when I was like 12, I think, uh, they diagnosed me with ADHD, or sorry, ADD. Not the hyperactive part. Not ADHD. Well, they need to (laughs) reevaluate that. (laughs) So, well, ironically enough, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, uh, sorry, preteen, I guess I would be at 12. But when I was around the... 10, 11, 12, 13 year old range, I really wasn't hyper. I was a pretty chill kid. Um, I just could not pay attention. And the reason is because if it didn't, most of the stuff that I was involved in in school, sitting in a classroom, things like that, I wasn't interested. And I didn't understand some of it. So if I don't understand it and you're not doing anything to help me understand it mm-hmm. and you're not holding my interest with it, I'm checking out. Yeah. And so because of that and my grades falling down, my mom said, well, there must be something wrong. Maybe he has ADHD. Maybe he has blah, blah, blah. So she took me to the counselor who sent me to go see a psychiatrist. And I sat in that guy's office and... Oh, I bet that was fun. Uh, it was terrible. It was one of the most horrible things. You have this guy asking you the same question 40 different times in 20 different ways just to see if you'll change your answer. Yeah. Oh, I was so furious by the time I left there. Um, but he said, uh, he said, yeah, your kid's got ADD. Here's a prescription for Adderall. Now, mm. a lot of people who abuse Adderall for fun... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take it as uh, a upper mm-hmm. stimulant. Like, yeah, as a stimulant, and they and uh, they call it speedballing, right? And so you're jacked up and you're ready to bounce off the walls and you're hyper and it's awesome. Eat a lot of work done. A lot of college kids use Adderall when they're cramming for exams and whatnot mm-hmm. to stay awake. Mm-hmm. However, with me, it did not have that effect. Um, I became a zombie. Basically, wow. Um, my mom, after about a month, she she gave it a month, and my mom went to that guy and said, "We're not doing this. Yeah, we're not. We're done with this because I wouldn't. I would sleep all the time. Uh, I was just lethargic, wandering around the house, no energy, no, uh, no anything. I didn't want. I was boxing at the time. I didn't want to go to." Uh, trained for boxing. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to eat anything hardly at all. Mm. I just wanted to sleep all the time. Mm. I didn't want to exert any sort of energy at all. And so, yeah, it turned me into a zombie and she said, this isn't my son anymore. We're not doing this. Good for her. Now, so what we figured out was that 
two things, because after that we sort of went on a little investigative thing. Two things. One, I have some sort of weird version of dyslexia with numbers, where when I look at a group of numbers together, my brain gets confused and jumbled and I can't work it out. However, if I'm driving down the road and you randomly say, hey, what's this? I can come up with the answer. But if right. I look at it on paper, my brain freaks out. Right. Um, that was part of the problem because I couldn't figure math out. Um, the other problem um, was just that I am a creative individual. Mm -hmm. This is also happens to be about the same time I started discovering I was interested in music. Mm -hmm. I'm an extremely creative person. If things don't hold my interest and don't keep tingling that part of my brain I have a tendency to lose interest and check out yes that's why I enjoy things like when I discovered uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, Doyle and Sherlock Holmes those those whole novel series things I, I was amazed I would read and read and read and read and read for hours because it held my interest yeah. it kept me engaged and so now that I'm a father and I'm homeschooling my children <laughs> I've noticed that I have to come up with creative ways to keep my children engaged so they don't check out. Uh, if they were in public school, they'd be diagnosed with all kinds of things. Yeah. Just because they're different. They learn differently. And so that's my little thing I wanted to say. You continue on. I'll just, I just wanted to oh, share no, that man. personal experience. You were right there. It's fair to say that you learn differently. God created you in a way where you learn differently than other people. I learn differently than other people. Yep. I can read it. I can see it from reading it, mm -hmm. but I don't learn well from visual. I, it, I just don't do it. When see, I, I, I do. I, yeah. If I want to know how to do something, I'll hop on YouTube, watch a video, and now I know how to do it. Yeah. Now, I may not get it perfect, but I'll have the general idea, and I can right. at least go give it a shot. It could be that I just don't retain it long enough. That could be part of the yeah. problem. Too. It's, it's really weird how that works. But yeah. anyway, go, yeah. go ahead. Well, here's the deal. Everyone is created with a purpose. God created everyone with a purpose. Absolutely. If everyone's purpose were the same, what would the world be like? Boring. Horrible. And nothing would get accomplished mm -hmm. because we would all do things the same way. Mm -hmm. And and there would not be this creativity that happens. Understand that God did not make a mistake when he made you. Correct. Um, and who he made you to be and how he made you is an integral part of his plan for an individual. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that. Now, some people function differently than others. Many people function differently than other people do. Yep. Anything, however, that... Let me, let me say it this way. If you have a desire to live in a particular state that is not the way God created you. You are putting yourself in the place of being the determiner of what's to be expected and what's to be experienced in your life, as opposed to God doing that. Oh boy, <laughs> that's good stuff right there. Um, so, as a former exceptionally heavy drinker, <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I wanted to change my mood, so I drank. People smoke pot to change their mood, to, to alter how they think. Now, I don't want to get into the no, whole no, CBD, blah, blah, blah. No, no, blah, no, no, blah. no. That's not why I, I inhaled. <laughs> I inhaled because 
So you and I have had this conversation, mm-hmm. right? You used drugs mm-hmm. and drank to alter your mood so that you could get into a different headspace. Yes. Right? I used drugs and drank purely for fun. Yeah. And I didn't care about where my mind was going to go. I wasn't trying to escape some sort of reality or anything. I just wanted to have fun. Yeah. And so it, even even in sinful things and even in weird things like that. We function differently. Everyone is completely different. Yeah. And it's important that you guys understand this, that everyone is unique. Yes. And on purpose. Right. By design. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting that even in dumb stuff like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, it, yeah. just, it just caught me. I had to say it. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, what are all the things that we use to, to, to change our mood? People use energy drinks. Oh yeah. Um, people use booze and they, all the examples we've talked about. People use food. Yep. Now there's nothing intrinsically wrong with food. It's when you use food in order to feel better, right. to chase away the blues. You're sad and depressed, you go eat a tub of ice cream. Or you're bored. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not cracking on food. I'm just saying any substance, anything in your life can be used to alter your mood so that you don't feel the way you feel. Now, do you suppose God maybe wanted you to feel a certain way so that you might look to him? Oh, absolutely. And because... Mm, Go uh, ahead. Uh, well, there are certain people who are way more in tune with, dare I say, sensitive to certain emotional things and or tactile, tangible, emotional presences, we'll say that. So, okay, so if, I'll give you an example. Um... Mike's daughter, Allison, uh-huh. okay, since she was a very small child, she'll walk into a room and she can, yes. and she knows how she identifies the emotional content of the room and everyone in it. And you know, the individual people. And, in and, right, and the individual people, and she can comfort them. And, yeah. and it's a gift that she has from God, I believe. Mm-hmm. My wife is very much the same way. She, 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 um, if someone is in a certain emotional state or going through something or whatever, she'll immediately recognize it and go to town praying on it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times things that are weird or different or that we might identify as uh, not normal in people are actually gifts and talents that have been imbued upon you for use for the kingdom of God, uh, not a hindrance. And that God intends to use. Absolutely. So, so our tendency to go, well, that's not normal, mm-hmm. which is, uh, uh, give me a minute. <laughs> um, if something is not normal, we go ahead and determine that, well, we're outside the norm, we're outside the little box, therefore it must be wrong or it must be bad. Chris learned differently than what the box was in Lawrence County, Kentucky. Hey, way to remember. There's <laughs> brain cell firing in there. And um, because he learned differently, he's able to do lots of different things now that he's an adult. Mm-hmm. If then someone had determined completely that, well, Chris can't learn because he's not normal, 
they would then be the determiner of what was going to happen in Chris's life. Just like that psychiatrist or doctor or whoever that prescribed medication for you. Mm -hmm. A psychologist slash psychiatrist very easily can become the determiner of how you should live your life. And if you give them that power, you're denying what God has intended. Yep. In a long-term basis. Yep. Does that make sense? Just because someone experiences something differently doesn't mean they're wrong. Indeed. We all perceive people differently. There, there, there are people probably that, that Chris absolutely gets along with and loves to talk to and enjoys that I can barely stand to be around. Yep, probably. But which one of us is wrong? Well, probably me if I don't go to them and minister <laughs> to them and talk to them, which I try to do. Well, also, a lot of people uh, try to put their preferences in place of uh, truth. Yeah. Right? So, well, I don't like this, so I'm going to change it. Right. Or I'm not going to be involved in it. Right. Um, I know that... Uh, so you were saying earlier about how God made people specific ways with certain unique things... And uh, desiring a place outside of how God made you yes. makes you the determiner of yes. whatever, right? So when I was younger, I had a real hard fight with myself as a young adult after I got married. Um, because I realized that... So, so I looked at all the old folks who were around me, all the old men who were around me, mm -hmm. and said, Okay, this is the example of what it's supposed to look like. Right. And so I said, I want to strive to be like these guys. Yeah. And I failed miserably, horribly, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it caused me to go to a place where I was just done. I was just like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm broken. Something is wrong. Because I cannot fit into this picture. Right. And I'll never forget sitting down again... This parallel between going to see a psychiatrist and going to, to counsel with a godly person who's going to give you truth from the word. Right. The difference between these two, right? Had I went to a psychiatrist in my state, I would have probably had all kinds of, well, you're a manic depressive and we well, hear some medicine for that and blah, 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 right? And so, but I went to uh, someone for counseling and got godly truth and that person said, listen, Maybe God didn't make you to fit in that box. Right. Maybe you need to figure out how God made you will fit into the things you need to check off as a husband and father from the word. Right. Right. How, take a step back from it, right? Stop trying to perform. Take a step back and say, God, this is how you made me. How do I use this? To do the things I need to do as a man. Right. Right. And so lo and behold, several years later, I found myself in a career now where I get to create for a living. Yeah. Um, it's never the same. Uh, I mean, sure, I'm doing the same thing every day. But the problems are all different. Mm -hmm. On every... Uh, so I, I repair rail cars and I get to weld on them and... and I get to create and fabricate things. I get to uh, make something out of nothing, right? And be creative on everything that I do, and I love it. It's fantastic. Um, so I just want to say that, like, if you're struggling with 
who you are as a person and you don't think that fits in anywhere, you don't think that fits into life and, and, and how to be a person, right? Why don't you take a step back and have God, ask God to show you how you're supposed to fit into things, where your puzzle piece fits in, because right. it does fit in. Right. There is a place for you. You just have to let God show you where it's at right. and how to do it. Right. I want you to understand too, I'm not saying that chemical imbalances in people's brains do not exist. Sure they do. They, they absolutely exist for a variety of reasons. Sure. Um, if you, just as an example, if you break your leg, yep. what's the doctor going to do? He's going to put a cast on it. Uh-huh. Now, do you have to wear that cast for the remainder of your life? Nope. That would be silly. Everyone sees how stupid that sounds. If someone has a chemical imbalance in their brain for a very short period of time, some some drugs prescribed prescription under the care one of a physician, doctor, and in conjunction with godly counsel may, emphasis on the word may, may be helpful for a short period of time. Right. Until you're through counseling with a godly person, able to take the handle back, to take the to to, to I don't want to put it that way, able to not be so not not feel the need to be altered by the way that you feel and the way you think all the time because that's what these drugs do they alter the way you think yeah for me. Uh, I look at it and go, you go through that process to figure out how to submit that thing in you to God. Right. How to submit um, what you perceive as a bad thing. Right. Uh, submit that to God and allow Him to show you where that puzzle piece fits. Right. What if you have an excessive amount of some hormone that causes you to be angry at the drop of a hat? Yep. I had a coach like that one time. Yeah. Well, we all know that that's not going to be a particularly useful means of ministering to other people to be angry every time they screw up. Nope. However, if you uh, need someone to defend you, that's that's the cat. That's the guy you want. Yeah. If you need someone to motivate an unruly person to do the right thing, that's the guy you want. Correct. Um, Also, if, again... If that person has a really bad hormonal thing, mm-hmm. and they go to the doctor, and the doctor says, okay, cool, here, we're going to fix your hormone balance with some hormones, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're going to fix your body. Okay. Can you still accept that you are who you are? Or are you now defined by the fact that you have to take hormones? Right. Do you have a desire to live in that altered state? That's right. I said before. That's what... That's what it comes down to. You know that you can rewrite your neural pathways. Yeah. It's a whole nother topic, a whole nother time. Well, we're going to hit it a little bit. Well, okay, then let's do that. We are. Um, because so, so just to tie up the medication thing, right? Psychotropic drugs, drugs that change your alter or alter your state of mind or your state of being. I don't want to say state of being. Your, uh, your state of experience. Yeah. The way that you perceive the world around you, right? And for people who have... We'll say schizophrenia, mm-hmm. okay? People who hear voices and 
and things talking to them, right? Um, uh, one of my best friends ended up locked in a mental institution because we found out around 13, 14 years old that he had schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And he was hearing voices telling him to do all kinds of horrible things all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to go down the path of are those demons or is he really have a chemical imbalance that makes him hear voices that aren't right. there, right? Whatever. I'm not going to go down that road. Not there the are anyway. there there are people who will go down that road. Um, fact of the matter is, he was in a mental institution for six years, and they got it under control. And yeah, does he take medication so he doesn't hear voices and he can actually go have a job? Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Does it mean anything about him? Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. So, again, the point of this whole series thing is that one. Do you desire to live in an altered state, or do you want to let God handle it? And the other side of it is, does whatever your diagnosis or the thing that you're, the problem that you're having, does it define you? Right. And does the person that told you you have a problem, is that a godly person? Right. Is that an individual who's who you're willing to hand over and submit to to being the determiner of what God has for your life? Yep. That's the danger in psychology. Correct. Is that you are now labeled and that's who you are for the rest of your life. Right. And you are allowing someone else's opinion to, to direct that. you. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we've talked about changing your nor- neural pathways. Yep. There is, it's called neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you do is Google it, do the goggles, um, get your Google goggles. I said it without stuttering. Google goggles. Google goggles. Uh, and look up neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity is where uh, your brain actually allows neural pathways to die off and heal over while creating new ones. Yes. Um, And it does this through training. Yes. Sometimes it's through physical exercises. Right. Uh, One example is that for most of my life, I have walked pigeon-toed with my toes pointed out. And over the year, now that I'm 35 years old, uh, and I just had surgery because I tore my Achilles tendon, and I'm in physical therapy, and the physical therapist goes, you know what? Lay down on that table right there for a minute. And so she starts messing around with my legs, and she's like, man, your hips are completely out of alignment. Mm -hmm. And I said, really? She said, yeah. And so she's, you know, almost every time I go to physical therapy, they're lining my hips up again Mm -hmm. because... I'm having, and so anyway, over the course of the the months of going to physical therapy after having surgery, I've sort of retrained myself on how to walk, and so now I I'm almost to the point where I don't have to think about what my feet are doing. Right? Are my toes facing the right direction? Am I moving with a proper uh, gait? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm retraining, I'm allowing my brain to develop a new neural pathway to tell my feet to go the right direction. Yes. Practice of anything, any kind, whether it's, uh, and I don't know why, but calligraphy comes to mind. You have to practice and train your brain to move your hand in a certain way to make pretty letters. Yep. Um, it's, It's integral to learning. Right. And so... So yes, it applies to physical things, and you're like, well, what does this have to do with psychology? Ah. It works the same way. Yes. Uh, with addiction, it works the same way. Seen it. Trust me. Seen it. Mm-hmm. I can line them up around the block. 
uh, it works with addiction. It works with psychological things. If you have bipolar and you snap at the drop of a hat for no reason, right? Get around someone who's bigger than you and won't let you and will put consequences on you every time you do that. And guess what? You can train yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely can. It's just as easy to train a human being as it is to train a horse. Yes. Same principles apply. Yes. Um, <laughs> or do you spit the bit? <laughs> Correct. That's that, that, that really is where the crux is, though, with us people, is that we want to spit that bit yeah. and say, you're not going to be in control of me anymore. Right. I'm going to make my own decisions. Yeah. Okay, well, go ahead. Let me know how that works out for you. Right? right? So your brain, God has given us everything that we need to combat these problems. Right. Uh, our brains have the ability to develop new neural pathways mm -hmm. and get rid of the old ones. Yes. Um, also, I, I came across something. Um, Debbie put me on something. Mm -hmm. This guy, uh, I can't remember what his name is, Mike, Science Mike. Uh, Mike Mahard. Mikargu? I can't say his name. How do you say that name right there in parentheses? Well, it's in parentheses. Mike? Yeah, Mikargu. Mikargu, yeah. Anyway, uh, he goes by Science Mike. Uh, real fast uh, background on him. Because if I'm going to if I'm gonna read something that somebody writes on something that I'm going to say out loud, I want to know who this person is. Right. Um, this guy was a Christian for a long time. He's always been involved in... Uh, well, not involved, but... Uh, obsessed with science okay he's a science guy okay um that's a good thing at some point in his christianity and in his churchdom uh he walked away from the church yeah. walked away from god because uh, he, of his involvement in science and things just weren't adding up for him and he said i, I, I don't believe in god right some things, I, I don't know the details, some things happened in his life and he questioned what was happening and said, you know what, I don't believe in God anymore. And mm -hmm. so he became a self-proclaimed atheist mm -hmm. for several years. And he then, of course, dove way farther into science. And um, I want to be careful saying this because he is not a scientist necessarily. I don't think he holds any degrees in science. I could be wrong, but I don't think he does. But he is one of these people that is incredibly smart and knows where to look to mm -hmm. find the right answers. Mm -hmm. And particularly his obsession is brain science. Okay. Now, in diving into all this, he found God again in the science. Science brought him back to God, which is incredible to me because I am also a science nerd. So anyway... Uh, so he started going on this journey after he started serving God again um, to find out what God made the brain to do, mm -hmm. right? How the brain fits into God's plan. And so there are a group of scientists across the nation who are starting to dig into, they, they're calling it, and this is hilarious, they're calling it neurotheology. Neurotheology. Biology. Thur. Yeah, thur. Yeah, neurotheology. No, so neurotheology. Okay. Now, I don't necessarily like that term very much, but okay, if that's what you want to call it. Okay. Um, so, uh, Newfield, uh, the, what these guys are doing, they're studying 
the brains of people who are religious um, and how their brains are different from one another. Okay. And how their brains are different from people who are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way that the brains light up is completely different from those who do not pray, meditate, or worship. What do you mean by light up? We're going to get there. So brain scans. Uh, so brain scans. So yeah. when you go to a neurologist and they stick you back in the machine and mm-hmm. they take pictures of your brain, right. like an x-ray or an MRI, or I don't mm-hmm. know what they call the brain scan. I don't know either. Just a brain scan? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but they uh, started doing brain scans in real time mm-hmm. of people while they were meditating, mm-hmm. while they were praying, mm-hmm. while they are in deep prayer and deep worship time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, very, very, very interesting results. Yes. Um, and then they started studying tissue function. And uh, the way that the neurons and things fly around in your brain and how healthy or unhealthy it is. Right. So uh, what they found was that prayer is actually really good for your brain. Worship is really good for your brain. How about that? Um, People who pray and meditate on a loving God have healthier brains. Uh Uh-huh. It changes the physical structure of your brain. So what I mean by that, the, um, the, what do you call those? The folds in your brain? You Convol- know how, convolutions. Convolutions in your brain. So if you've ever seen a brain, you know it has the little folds in the, the squiggly lines and stuff all over it. Those are apparently called convolutions. Convolutions. Okay. Um, well, there are more of them, and they are bigger and healthier in people who pray, who believe in a loving God, and who spend time in worship and prayer at least an hour a day. Interesting. Yes. Now, I'm going to read, I made some notes, I'm going to get, just just so you guys can have a quick little thing into this. When I say that God gives us everything that we need to deal with this, Mm -hmm. this is part of it. Yes. Okay? So, uh, remember I said, and I put a really weird emphasis when I said it on the loving part? Yeah. Right? So, primarily has to do with your point of view of God. If your view of God, uh, if you view God as a loving, caring God... And it's super healthy for your brain. Uh, it increases activity in the prefrontal prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the part of the brain that neuroscientists believe is responsible for focus and concentration. Yep. Um, it also, in the anterior cingulate cortex, and that's the part of the brain that scientists believe is responsible for empathy and compassion. Hmm. Belief in God this way moves you away from an angry reaction and towards a compassionate reaction. It's easier to forgive yourself and other people. You have lower stress levels. It is comparable in the brain in brain benefit to reading and physical exercise. Interesting. Now, if you view God only as an angry, vengeful God, mm-hmm. that can actually be unhealthy for the brain. It causes more stress. Uh, it increases activity in the amygdala, or the arousal state of the amygdala. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it more easy for you to become angry. You're more suspicious of outsiders. It's harder for you to forgive yourself, to forgive other people. Uh, you do get better impulse control because you think that God will smite you if you mess yes, up. Yes, So it's not all bad. Fear is an outstanding motivator. <laughs> yes. Um, but really, we, so if you have this point of view of God, a loving, forgiving, compassionate God... Mm-hmm. Your brain literally reflects it in real life. That's very cool. 
and it's so beneficial. Interesting. I also want to say this. Anytime, so, so I said that they, they were doing live, right. real-time brain scans. When you pray, worship, meditate, whatever, when you go into that deep place of... So they one article in particular that I read, they brought this guy, he's a pastor, and he's super, one of these super intercessory prayer people, right? right? So they brought this guy in, they hooked him up to the wires and things, and they stuck him in a dark room by himself, and they said, pray. Mm-hmm. Like, your life depends on it. Pray. And he said, okay. And so he went in there, and in about 15 minutes, something started happening on the brain scan, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a part of your brain that is called the parietal lobes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, I think it's located right above your ear on each side of your brain. Okay. okay? So this is the part of the brain that gives environmental and spatial awareness. So it's the part of my brain that lets me know that there's a lamp behind me. Yes. Right? That I know where the door is. Right. Right? It, it allows you to know where you're at in the world. Right. Right? So this guy got real deep into his prayer, and he hit that point where he's just lost in prayer. Right. Lost in worship. Right. What we would say in God's presence. Right? Mm-hmm. The parietal lobes shut down interesting completely gone off the brain scan while the other parts that i mentioned earlier uh the prefrontal cortex and the uh singlet cortex or the anterior singlet cortex so the parts of your brain that uh are responsible for focus concentration compassion and empathy all light up and go crazy the parts of your brain that recognize spatial awareness and where you're at in the physical world completely turn off. So when the Bible talks about in God's presence, Mm -hmm. and it talks about uh, going before the throne room of God, right? Right. Your brain physically recognizes and reflects that you're not here anymore. Now, that doesn't mean that you necessarily physically go somewhere else. No. But mentally... And emotionally, you're in another realm. Would it be fair, and this just occurred to me as you're reading that, would it be fair to, to say that when you are deeply worshiping mm-hmm. and praying just in communication with God, God gives you the blessing of perhaps shutting down a little bit of your physical so your awareness can be focused on Him as opposed to... Absolutely. Yeah. I really, I really, really, really think that I that, believe that. Yeah, and, and and absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how to communicate the things that are in my head. Um, think about it for a second. I, I have a story, an example. I have a really good friend who we were talking about worship one day I, because I love to watch him worship because he just goes completely there. And he said it was the weirdest thing. It was one time he realized that he was actually worshiping because he was singing um, and singing and talking to God and and being in God's presence as we talk about it. And he was facing the front of the the the, the, the auditorium towards the stage. And he realized that when we were done with the worship time on Sunday morning. He was actually facing one of the side walls, and he had absolutely no idea how that happened. <laughs> yeah. He just, just no, he just went, why am I looking this way? Right. And he didn't know, because that part of his brain, evidently, had started to shut down. Yeah. 
Um, it's to me, it's incredible that there's physical evidence that's backing up scripture. Absolutely. That's backing up uh, commands from the Bible. Yes. Right? Because, so when I say that God has given us everything that we need, we have the Word of God that has advice, that has uh, truth on how to handle all kinds of things. Warnings. Scripture. Warnings. Um, We have the body of Christ. Yes. Who's there to physically come alongside you and help you. Encourage. Encourage to and, love you. And infuse you with courage. Yep. And and at times rebuke and admonish you. Yes. Um, and then you have your amazing body that God made to live forever. Yes. Uh, we screwed that up. We yep. broke it. But the evidence is still there of that. Um, that your brain regenerates pathways. Yes. That your brain... Uh, mm, your brain, God put the power in your brain to worship Him, to serve Him, yes, to do the things that He created you to do, and everyone's looks different. When the Bible uh, talks about uh, there are many body parts mm-hmm. that have different parts or different purposes, but right. they're all part of the same body. Guess what, guys? You don't get to say. God didn't make me that way. Right. Or that you have to fit into a different sort of mold in order to worship or in order to be, to have a a relationship with God. Yeah. You're not broken. Um, Societally and socially, there's this stigma that I have to be normal. I have to fit into a certain box. Right. Um, to fit in with the world, or else I'm weird. In reality, uh, we said it in one of the previous episodes, but if you think of people like Thomas Edison, you think of people like uh, Nikola Tesla. That's funny, that's exactly right. Um, Einstein. Einstein. uh, The guy who made the V2 rocket, the German guy. Von Braun. Yeah. Warner Um, Von Braun. All those guys. Anybody you can think of like that, comparable to those people, Shoot, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Okay, all these people. Toxic were, masculinity. masculinity there. Yeah, toxic masculinity. Um, all these people: Michael Jordan, Kobe yeah. Bryant, yeah, LeBron James, David Concepcion. Yeah, what? What? Shortstop for the Reds, big red. Oh, machine. okay. Never mind. Yeah, I, 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 if I'm going to pull out a Reds player, it's almost always Chris Sabo. You're too young. <laughs> um, but anybody that you can think of that has done something great in this world and left a mark behind for it, 99% of those people would be considered weird. Yes. They would have needed a psychologist. Yes. They would be put on medication and labeled as something right. in today's world. Right. Um, think about uh, who's the guy that did uh, the space program? Rich guy? Made the... Elon Musk. Yes, that guy. Um, he is one of the most weird and eccentric people, eccentric people that I have ever come across. I have to be. And he's extremely obsessive compulsive. Right. Detail oriented. I mean, yes. he obsesses over, Bill Gates obsesses over small yes. little details. Yes. The world needs you people. Yeah. The world needs creative people. 
The world needs obsessive compulsive people. Yes. The world needs angry people. The world needs empathetic people. Yeah. The world needs people, but all those people are needed under the direction of God to whom they have submitted their mind, their will, and their emotions. Yes. 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 You are not broken. Yeah. Don't don't believe that you are. Don't let someone else tell you that you're wrong, uh, that you don't fit in, that you're not part of what normal is. I'd be perfectly happy to, to have you not be normal just so there are things that God's determined for you to do. <laughs> yes. Uh, I want to I sort of say something here. Uh, if you... I'm just going to pull one out of the air. Let's say obsessive compulsive. Okay. okay. If you are someone who struggles with OCD and you have been to a psychologist and they said, well, this is what you're diagnosed with now. So this is who you are. Here's some medicine, blah, 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 blah. I would posit to you this. What if you figured out how to submit that OCD to God Mm -hmm. and Learn to cope with it to a place where just because something's out of order, it doesn't kill you. Right. Right. But you also learn how to submit that detail orientation and the need to put things in order. You submit that to God and allow him to use it in his kingdom. Because guess what? We need that. People with OCD. And I, again, I have a friend who is just OCD is all get out. He has an innate sense that something is off. When something is wrong, you yes. know about it. It just it and it's not even that he can immediately go, Oh, it's that. But very quickly he goes, Something's not right, oh it's that. Right. Your spidey senses start tingling and yeah. all of a sudden, oh I found it. There yeah. it is, right? Yeah. Like musicians feel disharmony as opposed to hear it. Yeah. It, well, I was gonna say it's funny it's because people like me I feel mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. I emotionally connect to music mm-hmm. and I don't physically logically connect to music like people who are who go to school for music theory right. professors and they they understand the mathematics of music they understand the theory of music how it works the physical logical tangible senses of it but they're emotionally dead Yes. Right? Yes. For me, I connect emotionally and I feel it hardcore. However, I don't really care for the theory side of it. Right. To me, that makes it boring. It kills creativity for me. Right. Right? I understand the theory. of I understand a lot of music theory. I was trained in it. Correct. I was taught a lot of it. Correct. And it is at times... Have you ever seen Beautiful Mind, the movie, yep, and the guy's got equations flying Crow. across yeah. in front of him? Sometimes music is like that for me. Yeah. I see all the relationships. But at the same time, I'm learning, I'm retraining my brain yeah. to just get rid of that and and be more experiential in worship. Yeah. And just worship and don't worry about the math. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, my wife is an artist. And... uh she also struggles with OCD. Yeah. When we first got married, I tell this story, I used to go through the house and open all the cabinet doors. And I was 
and leave them open and I would constantly rearrange the furniture and constantly rearrange things in the cabinets, move things around. And I did it on purpose and one day after about a month and she was losing her mind because I was just messing her whole world up. And finally one day she just sat down on the stairs and just looked at me and said, why are you doing this? And I said, because you need to know a couple things. One, you need to understand the person you just married. Mm -hmm. Life with me is never going to be the same. It's never going to be routine. Mm -hmm. It's never going to fit in a box. That's not who I am, and I'm never going to be that way. Two, you also need to know that the world isn't going to collapse if something changes. Right. The world isn't going to fall apart if something you put somewhere is moved somewhere else or if yeah. something isn't done quote-unquote correctly. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying to prove that to you so that you're not hindered and and uh, held down by it. Held back was the phrase yeah. I was going to yeah. use. Yeah. And so understand whatever your thing is, whether it's bipolar, whether it's obsessive-compulsive, whether it's being depressed... Most of it has to do with your perspective of yourself and God and what you've determined based on those perspectives and whether or not you're willing to give up control of your life. And what you've determined about what you experience. Yeah. Oh, That's so yeah. critical yeah. To, to me. To yeah. Me, yeah, no. That I can't have an experience or an emotion and determine what that means. Yep. I just have to go, okay, God, here you go. I don't know why today I am ready to punch somebody in the face. Yep. I don't know why today I could just hug every person I see. Yep. But you, you've you obviously got a reason for it, and this is just how I feel. I'm going to go ahead and do what you tell me to do. Yep. Everything in your life, every emotion, every thought, every feeling, everything has to be submitted to God. Take every thought captive. Yep. And if it's not, well, then no wonder you have a bad experience. Right. Because you're fighting against what you were created for. And even if there are parts of your mind that are not particularly helpful to your walk with God, <laughs> let's just put it gently. <laughs> there, Paul talks about the renewing of your mind. Yeah. So yep. it's not a lost cause. It never not. is. And if you don't, uh, before we go, I guess what well, I want to throw this out here. If you listen to these three episodes and you said, man, you guys are nuts. You guys are insane. None of this stuff is true. Psychiatrists have it right. Talk to us. I would say get a hold of us. We'll sit down and have coffee. And I'll bring about four or five people with me. And we'll sit down and have coffee and I'll let them talk to you. That sounds like a threat. <laughs> no, oh, I've got these five guys. Yeah, I'm man. not. I'm not going to roll up with a crew to to to, uh, to break some kneecaps or anything. Uh, but no, I am going to show up with about four or five of my friends, who I have watched God completely transform. Yes, inside out and renew their minds. Yes, and I'll let them talk to you, and you can see with your own eyes that this is true. Yeah, this this works. Like, it's a real thing. Yeah. And, again, before we go, I'm not hating on psychologists. 
I'm not hating on people who go see a psychologist. I'm not hating, hating on people who need to take some medicine because your brain is stupid. All right? That's not what I'm doing. We're simply offering an alternative that we know 100% works. Right. So much that I wanted to say, but I won't do it because we're right at the end of the hour. Real quickly, if you're fighting an addiction, recovery is a different focus than repentance and renewing. Yeah. If that puts something in your head, then get a hold of us. Uh, if, if that made no think, sense to you, I think you, we then, talked about it in the last episode I we, too. I think we did the a difference bit. between recovery and restoration. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That was like two weeks ago. I forget. Yeah. Yeah, this week's been kind of crazy. I know that we we had an opportunity to do this podcast before we we, we just we went ahead and didn't do it. We ate euros and watched football. <laughs> we did. We were being dudes. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do that. Yes. Oh. Um, okay. Anything else? I think we're good. I All please right. please challenge us if 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 we've said something that strikes a chord. Get get a hold of us. Yeah, negative or positive. If you do, if you don't agree with what we say, get a hold of us. Let us know. Yeah, we're not going to cut your head off. We're not right. going to fight with you about it. But we're willing to sit down and have a conversation if you want to. Right. Um, if you have ideas for podcast topics. Mm-hmm. Shoot them to us in the email, or if you have our personal phone number, shoot us a text, whatever. Right. Uh, leave us a message on Facebook, whatever. Um, yeah, that's it. We're glad to be there. I think we're done. Okay. So this will conclude the uh, the psychology trilogy. <laughs> well, people, oh, there are people out there going, oh my golly, Ned. There are probably five of the ten people who <laughs> listen to us going, I think they're done. Please move on to a new subject. The horse is dead, fellas. Let her go. (laughs) Stop beating it. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, Go find someone to bless. Amen. Um, And when we say that, we really mean it, guys. Go find somebody to bless. Look for the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Love you. Bye.